God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for new mercies. Good morning, mercy. Good morning, all of the favor and provisions that you've allowed us to see on this day. God, I pray that every listener that gets the opportunity to hear this, at whatever point they are in their journey, maybe they are just now beginning to know God, or they got curiosity about God, or they've been in this journey for a long time, but they battle-worn like many of us. They're looking for some encouragement, some rehabilitation. Maybe they're on a spiritual retreat. Maybe they by themselves out just meditating and they come across this podcast. So I just pray that no matter who and where that individual is, that this will just encourage them. I'm a nobody just trying to tell somebody about the greatest somebody that still is alive today. And that's you, God. So I pray that this message comes and encourages, it empowers, it strengthens, it feels what needs to be filled. And it points that individual back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, hello, this is Latanya Price coming to you with another episode, um, Reviving the Spirit, Rehabilitation for Battle-Worn Christians. Um, And so this episode, we're actually going to uh, talk on overcoming spiritual doubt. So uh, last episode, we kind of was, we touched on doubt due to restoring trust in God, right? And so, of course, um, doubt and stuff like that can definitely hinder, you know, cause that tr- that you know that trust factor in God. But today, we're just going to focus for this episode just on doubt itself. Um, we're going to look at that because we know the Bible talks about, you know, we shouldn't doubt when we pray. We should believe. That's it. But we know our human frailty and our human being and our minds and um, our hearts, sometimes we have doubts because of what does happen. And oftentimes we were leaning on our own understanding and not actually leaning into the understanding of God. And we haven't taken that due diligence and that time um, and that pressing into God's word to really, really, really examine that. So we're going to talk about that. And of course, overcoming, which you all know from the very, very jump. If you caught the first episode of this podcast and ongoing with this podcast, we will always, 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 always use the word of God as the source. Um, there's nothing else, (laughs) um, that's going to be the ultimate source. Yes. There's our, there are great books out there to encourage. There are great authors and pastors that have written, written a lot of books And I love uh, many of them. I've read a lot of them and uh, they're great. They're fantastic. And they're very good supplements, but the real source, the permanent source that you should always, always go to is your Bible. It's that Holy Bible. It's the written word of God. It's his voice. That's the one that you should always, always revert, refer to any time You are praying, you are fasting, you are asking God, you're seeking God, you're meditating. That's what you should be doing, period, is that word of God, okay? So first of all, let's just do the basic, right? Understanding spiritual doubt. So we know that doubt is doubt. Um, We have, you know, in general, you know, we doubt somebody really is gonna, you know, somebody say, oh, I'm gonna call you later. (laughs) Okay, we doubt they will. Uh, somebody's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to help you out with that. Okay. You know, that person, they never helped you out a day in their life. Okay. You, you already know, like it's not, even, you don't even have a high expectation, right? You like, whatever. What? Yeah. Boo. Um, <laughs> so those are those simple doubts, right? Well, spiritual doubt has more to do with, um, our level of understanding God and his capability. Our spiritual doubt oftentimes 
is, is that one thing that we're like, okay, I know God can do this, but can he really do this? I know it says not all things are possible, but is it really all things are possible? Right? Like that's the spiritual doubt that we're going to be looking at. Right. And so that has a very big significance in our faith journey. Okay. Like as we're going through, and like I said, this is a, a podcast. Like I was thinking the other day about this podcast and I was like, man, rehabilitation for battle-worn Christians. Man, it's a lot of battle-worn people. <laughs> and because we've been so battle-worn, not to say that, you know, um, we're, you know, we're, we're just weary and we're just sad and we're cast down and we're depressed. I'm not saying that that's not what really a battle-worn Christian is. A battle-worn Christian got their scars, but still pressing. They got their scars and they still praising. They still worshiping. They got their scars and they still have on their full armor. Like they got sores and broken bones, but they still have on their armor. That's what I'm talking about with a battle-worn Christian. And even for those that are still new, are new to the faith, and you're trying to size up what your, uh, what your full armor even is, then yeah, like... I'm talking about that. And that's why spiritual doubt, is it common? Yes, because you're going to grow, you're going to mature and you're going to be faced with, can God really do that? That one thing. Cause as we be, as we mature, we're going to begin to really fully trust God and really love him with all of our heart and really be able to allow him to come into our hearts and our minds and our souls and our entire beings and just begin to shape us and mold us and morph us. And we're like, can he really do that? Can he really get rid of the taste of me being this alcoholic and this addiction and, and this addiction to porn and sex and fornicate. Can he really get rid of all of that? I'm here to tell you, yes. All of that, that's which is a heavy weight on you. Can he get rid of it? Yes. Can he do it? Yes. Can he move that mountain? Yes. Or if he don't move it, is he going to give me enough strength to climb it? Yes. I'm here to at least let you know that. Yes. Yes, he will. So we have to make sure that even with our spiritual doubt, sometimes that spiritual doubt is big. It's big. Like sometimes we'd be like, Ooh, like you believe in for God for something real big. And you, and you struggle with that thing. And you might have that in the back of your mind, that big thing for maybe a couple of years. You just like, you pondering it. Right. You're like, man, I, I really, I think this is what God is calling me to. Hmm. But I wonder if he can, I wonder if he can really help me out with that. Like, Seriously, this is kind of some people have this kind of conversation. It's it's common. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's nothing to be like. I'm down God now. Now he ain't he ain't gonna he, he's not gonna let me. He's not gonna bless me just because you have those doubts doesn't mean God's not gonna still want to bless you. Okay, so let's look at this. So we're gonna have some just some quick references, right? Like I said, we're going to the Word of God. So. Um, so we're just going to acknowledge doubt as part of the human experience, right? So we have, uh, James one, six through eight that says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is an unsettled is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything they do. So as I was just saying, it's not that God won't still bless you, but you can't keep wavering. This particular scripture, which I read it more um, in the New Living Translation, you all may have you all may have heard that, you know, a double-minded man is all the same with all his ways. That 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 kind of, yeah, there you go. Basically divided loyalty. Okay. When you are really tussling, like I just can't trust God or I just, I just don't, mm -mm, I can't do it. And you trust him more in the world. Now here's the, here's the caveat. Pay attention to what it says. Be sure your faith is in God alone. Like if you're saying, okay, God can't do it, but I know if I do this A, B and C over here, that's of the world because I know the return is going to come back to me the way I am understanding it to be the way understanding it to be, or the way that I want it to be. 
but yet you're trying to say, but I believe you, God, I want you to do it. I want you to do it. But then you start doing it on your own. You start leaning onto some understanding in your own mind. That's when you start being unsettled, unsettled. And you start being blown and tossed to and fro by every wind and doctrine. Like you begin to just become so unsettled because you're, you're divided between God and the world. And you can't do that. If you are divided between God and the world, you are going to be unstable. You are just going to be unstable. It's that's just the word. And then we have Mark 9, 20 through 29, which I kind of extended this, but really, <laughs> really it's supposed to be Mark 9, 24. But I just wanted to say this, this is about, I'm going to read Mark, uh, not 9, 24, but read, I highly suggest reading Mark, uh, 20, let me make sure I get this right. 20 through 29 to get the full context of this nine and 24 just simply says the father instantly cried out. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. This man was honest. This man has brought, had brought his son to be healed. He brought this boy to be healed. He brought his child. He had this evil spirit and he had tried the disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Wouldn't you have some doubt there too? There's your spiritual doubt. Like, well, dang, I brought them to the disciples, the ones that was following Jesus. Okay. And so Jesus comes along and is like, how long has he had this going on? And you know, God, you know, Jesus shows some care and, you know, he says what he says. Um, he, but he addresses the man saying, have mercy on us and help us. If you can, this is in verse 22, verse 23. What do you mean? If I can, Jesus asked anything is possible if a person believes. And so the father said, I believe, but just over, help me overcome my unbelief. This man was simply was like, listen, I believe it's just that it's been some things happening and, um, it's kind of clouded <laughs> and it's kind of caused me to have some unbelief too. I believe you can. I'm just worried about this one right here. Like if I brought you some, some, some stuff that I know you can do, then yeah, I'm cool with that. But this right here, I don't know. Cause your disciples just tried. So I'm wondering, is it possible for my son to even be delivered? And so of course, Jesus does it. <laughs> he does it. He does it. And, and he casts out and rebukes the evil spirit. And there you go. And of course later, this is why I say, this is why I suggest, this is just a plug. This is why I suggest reading further because the disciples ends up asking, why couldn't they cast out the evil spirit? And he just replies about, uh, can only be cast out by prayer. Some verses say by fasting and prayer. Okay. So even when we have those types of human experiences, as far as uh, references, whether the Bible, we have to recognize that, Hey, there, there is definitely a common thread of having doubt, but it doesn't mean that he will not help you. God will help you with the doubt, with whatever needs to be done to help you overcome that doubt. Amen. So like, and, and I'm going to take this one in Mark as, because we know some common triggers, right? For spiritual doubt. I just kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, may mention how some common triggers to spiritual doubt. Like this is the primary one. Like I, Jesus, I, I've, I've heard you can do this all kinds of things and you've healed many people and I've heard it and you done fed some people, you done, <laughs> you done done all kind of work. But I know this evil spirit is in this child, is this person. Can it happen for them? And sometimes we'll say the same thing. Lord, I know you blessed that person. You healed that person of cancer and you healed that person of an addiction and you blessed that person with a home and they were once homeless. Lord, I know they had no job. So you blessed them with the job, but can it happen for me? Can it happen for me? Like, am I, am I, I don't, I, 
first of all, we have to make sure that we never do a comparison. I had a, I had that said in one of my podcasts already. Never compare yourself to another person's journey and where they are because you have absolutely no idea where they have come from and where they are heading. That's number one. And number two, never try to think that what God has blessed them with is going to be exactly what God is going to bless you with. They, they might have gotten the six figure job, but God might be preparing you and getting you ready to even start your own business. Not saying one is better than the other, but your blessing is your blessing and their blessing is their blessing. So we have to make sure that we're not leaning on our own understanding, which is one of the scriptures we're going to have later, that we're not leaning on our own understanding because we don't understand everything that he does. But we have to make sure that what we do understand that he is able because he is faithful. Amen. So, um, so let me see examining that. Okay. So like, and I do have notes. <laughs> I try to keep myself on track y'all really. Um, so we have, Oh, we're going to talk about just some different doubts, um, that we might face. We've already talked about how it's like the spiritual doubt, but even in spiritual doubt, guess what? We even have like, um, different doubts. So we're going to, I'm going to mention three based upon, some Bible references. So we have an intellectual doubt, which I mentioned, this is actually mentioned back in the last podcast, but it's, we're going to touch on this a little bit again, but it's about Thomas, it's the story of Thomas, the intellectual doubt, the story of Thomas. We got to be mindful that his disciples, Jesus didn't like pick like just any old people. He picked some pretty smart men. You got to really think about who he selected to follow him. These were not men that were just kind of sitting off to the side of the road or they were just kind of not doing anything or no, these men were, they, they fished for a living or they were a tax collector. They were very smart. They, you know, they had some sort of, um, like they knew about some, like the medical healing and all the, like medicines and what medicines healed, like seriously, like he has some really good people in his group. Hint, hint, make sure y'all got some good friends that know something y'all in, in, in your inner circle, okay? In your close-knit, make sure you got some smart people. But, but seriously, like, we got Thomas here in John 20, 24 to 29. I'm not gonna read all of those, but seriously, Thomas was like, listen, I know what y'all saying, and this is my paraphrase, this is the, this is the Latinian paraphrase. I know y'all saw him, I get it, and I, you know what? That's cool and that's great. But I'm not going to believe unless I literally see the nail wounds in his hands and I put my fingers in them and I place my hand into that wound on his side, period. Now, for me, having that mindset, Thomas, for him to know those specific, those specific details of his death, he had to have witnessed all of that. Like he had to have seen how he was hung there. He had to have witnessed the piercing. Like for him to know he had a wound on his side, it's one thing to see, he knew he, he, knew he was nailed on the cross, but to know that he was pierced on his side, Thomas like, look, I, I saw him die, okay? I'm just gonna be honest with you, I, I saw him, he did. So y'all telling me y'all saw him and he rose from the dead. It's just going to be hard for me to believe. I, I get that's what he told us. I get that he told us and he, and he tried to let us know this is what's getting ready to happen, but I still have not believed until I see it. And so once again, in God's love and sovereignty, Jesus reappears again. And he says directly to Thomas, go ahead. Here's the wounds. Go ahead. Touch. Believe. No, don't doubt, don't doubt any longer. No longer be faithless. Believe. And for some of us, it might take a Thomas experience. 
How many of us have had a Thomas experience where we knew without a shadow of a doubt, it was God that was speaking, that showed up. Your job didn't do it. The dealers, the car dealership didn't do the dealership salesman at the car play. It, it, that, mm -mm, no, <laughs> it was God, the mortgage brokers or whatever, and the sales, the housing and, and all that. It was God. Listen, we, I know there's testimonies out there that would literally say it was God. It was God. Emotional doubts. So in this reference, um, we know Psalm is, is the book of song, you know, songs that, you know, that are really comprised predominantly of David being the writer, but there's also other authors of those, but there is actually some Psalms that are considered like Psalms of lament. Um, I've actually kind of discovered that, um, not too long ago myself. Um, didn't always know that I just, you know, found out about it really not too long ago. And so these are kind of like examples of that emotional doubt, the emotional doubt. So like, for example, Psalm 13, like we got this Psalm that literally, uh, is a Psalm of David, right? And he's, he starts off, Oh Lord, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you look, look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Sounds like some doubt to me. When we have all those questions, sounds like some doubt, right? That's some spiritual doubt, but that's some emotionalism in that. There's When we have doubt, it triggers. It can trigger some emotions. Like, man, like, whew, this is heavy, Lord. This is heavy. Now he does end the Psalm beautifully, but I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. We always want to be able to know that God can. I'm not saying don't go to God like this, uh, like this Psalm here, just to give an example, not to go to him and lament. <laughs> I'm not saying don't do go to God. If you go to anybody, please go to God. And like, man, like how, whoo, I've been going through this for two years. I've been going through this for three years, four years, five years, six months, two weeks, however long it's okay. But just remember to go to God, go to God. It's okay. Just remember to go to God because he's the one that's going to help you. Okay. Even in the emotional side like we can never think that we're too emotional for god <laughs> you know i know some might feel like man do i cry too much or man am i getting on god's nerve <laughs> i know i used to think that i'm not gonna lie but no you don't you don't get on his nerve no not at all um this is god god loves us unconditionally there is nothing that separates us from his love right now we have a moral doubt. Now this is brought up by the story of Job. I'm not going to read that because literally just read the whole book of Job and you will see moral doubts throughout woven throughout that entire story. Um, I reread that. Um, I've read that like couple of, a couple of few times, not just a few times, but I've like read it all the way through. Of course I take, you know, I, I'd usually, you know, I've, I've looked at bits and pieces of, of verses and, but to read it all the way through like back to back years, man, it, it always brings about even more just, man, the enemy number one, really, really does not want us to serve God. But the other aspect of that story is, man, there is, there, there is a lot of, um, up and down <laughs> in that story. Like Job, he goes through. I'm, and, and we do too. And that's the reason 
I don't mind reading Job. I know some people might not like Job, but I don't mind reading Job because to me, that's one of the most relevant types of stories that we can really pick at and be like, am I going through a Job experience? Like for real, like I, I promise you, I know I've ran into several of my good, you know, good friends that are like, am I going through a Job experience? Like seriously, like me and my husband have actually said the same thing. Have we, are we going through a Job experience? Like, I'm just want to make sure. Now I'm not the wife that says, you know, curse your God and die. I, now I'm, no, I'm not that wife. Nope. I'm just like, man, like sometimes when it rains, it pours, right? We hear that all the time. When it rains, it pours. Like we really have to look at that and like, yeah, but that's some moral doubt. And when I tell them, that's a lot, a lot. <laughs> and when things pile up like that, yeah, that'll start, that'll start triggering that moral doubt. You're like, ooh, are we for real? Like it's going, it gotta be like this. Like, can I at least get out of this first storm first before I get into a second one or a third one or a fourth one? Oh no, we just gonna have all of them come at once. Okay, so we're gonna have the, we're gonna have the tornado, the earthquake, the typhoon. The, uh, oh, okay, all right, this is all coming once. Okay, uh, all right, Lord, okay. Cause that's how it be sometimes. And believe me, it's understandable. Spiritual doubt will come and creep in, but that's the trick of the enemy, and that's how he normally has that happen. So. Strategies for overcoming spiritual doubt, right? Of course, we got the Bible. Um, we want to ensure that we're using the Bible as our primary source. But, you know, we always want to seek wisdom as well. Like scripture, this is the reason why I say scripture should really be your top source because your scriptures actually do encourage you to seek out wisdom and understanding. So like for like Proverbs two, three through six, it actually just says, cry out for insight and ask for understanding. This is to God and God may actually direct you to like a counselor or a therapist. You never know. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. His mouth, his word. Amen. So we want to find sources like, yes, seek out a pastor. Yes. Seek out a Christian counselor, Christian counseling group, um, a small, small group. My church has a lot of small groups that are amazing. And it's like, seek out those small groups, like just get you surrounded by and it, and when, we, and even, it ain't got to necessarily be just all about doubt. It's just get you around some like-minded believers that are like, you know, I'm just believing in God who it gets rough. And I'm not saying don't, don't, don't get around people that's faking it. I'm talking about getting around some real folk. Cause this time out that we have to stop being like, Oh no, everything's okay. Don't lie. No, it's not. <laughs> stop lying. No, it's not like you go through. In your whole week, month, year, you cannot tell me you haven't had something in the back of your mind that's caused you to be like, oh, yeah, man, that was, that was tough. Or God, did, are you, are you going to help me here? Are you going to help me out? Like we have to really, really examine that. And not be fake about it, right? And so, like, even for other resources, like, um, I I always always uh, promote, and I like I'm not I'm not a paid promoter by no means, but I promote the Abide app a lot because I love that app. Um, it's helped me through some so many little things. But um, hey, y'all, look at the the most common app, and probably everybody that listen to this or no or if you ha or if you are listening to this and you don't know about it, the Bible app. By you version, they got all kinds of devotionals. I've done quite a bit of those devotionals via that Bible app. They've been awesome. Like I've done some of them and they have been awesome. 
And they actually have one called in casting doubts aside. And it's a really, really good one. Like they even, and on the abide app, they have, you know, they have devotions. They have these apps. If you're going to have an app, you might as well have some Bible based apps, right? Amen. So get, get some good apps. Stop always going to Facebook or going to Instagram or going to YouTube or TikTok, all them. Listen, get these Bible apps. Let those be those first things you reach for when you wake up and when you go to bed, like scroll through that kind of stuff. Um, let the abide app read you a devotional. Let the, um, Bible app read you some Bible verses where you ain't even got to read the Bible verses. They'll read it to you. And then the abide app, they'll, they'll actually read you through a devotional. Having you do actually meditative things, helping you breathe in, breathe out, focusing on the, on the word of God. Like these apps are there. So use them. And then of course, I just, you know, may mention about the, you know, spiritual mentors. And like I said, pastors, things like that. Paul actually encourages Timothy. You know, he's teaching Timothy. We all know this is something that he teaches Timothy as well. Um, he teaches Timothy in second Timothy two and two, where he just says, you have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. This is that whole point of having that community. I guarantee if you get pray, seek God, read his word, get around a good group of people. Somebody with some wisdom is going to pass along something that was told to them or that they just learned from God himself. And those things are so empowering and they're so enriching. Okay. So now biblical stories are biblical accounts of individuals who's faced doubt, right. And overcame it with faith. Um, Looking at, and we have, there's, there's so many, but um going to reference two just for the sake of this podcast. So we have Abraham, Abram, Abraham, <laughs> such a common story, but despite he had faith, despite uncertainty, this is how you can overcome doubt. You have to have faith and it takes practice. Please hear me. It's not something you're going to know how to do overnight. It's not going to be something you're going to know how to do right away. It does take practice. But according to Romans 4, 18 through 21, it says, even when there was no room or sorry, no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And this, and, and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. It is so difficult for us to understand God's method and timing and everything else. Cause we all, first of all, God doesn't work on time. He's not bound by time. And it's not that we can, we can never not understand. We will never fully understand, but it's never that we cannot understand because the basics is we need to just understand he's God. <laughs> Leave it at that. Don't, don't try to dig too deep into certain aspects of God. Let me tell you, cause it'll make you go crazy. You won't be able to do it. Our brains don't have, don't have, don't have the capacity. Yet, when we just have faith and we grow that, there's a portion of scripture that talks about getting our roots 
and two, his love and growing our faith. We have to understand that when we get our roots deep down within who God is, we trust in him alone and we're able to see and witness his glory. Sometimes it takes the 10 to 20 to 30 years, possibly more, possibly the next generation and you've gone off the scene before God says, yup, now. Looking at so many different things in the Bible, Sometimes we can question, why did God wait so long? Why did God do that? Why did he do it that way? Why didn't he just allow it to just have to happen this way? There's a level of glory that God is needing to manifest and for people to capture. And a lot of times, if it's too soon, if it's done a certain way, people takes the credit or the glory isn't manifested the way it needs to be. Because at the end of the day, the purpose for the glory is for everybody to go to God. The purpose for the glory is for people to see him. The glory belongs to him. Not to any of us. Even if he uses us, people should see his glory. So we have to ensure that people that were around Abraham and Sarah, being a hundred years old, near a hundred years old, having a child was absolutely unheard of. Like it amazes me even now how some stories come along and honestly just using the same kind of storyline. We see more and more people now becoming pregnant. They might be 40, 50. They might do an special insemination at 60. Like, listen, There's probably purpose behind that story. We can't judge and be like, man, that child's going to grow up without some parents or <laughs> that child's going to grow up and listen, there's a reason and there's a purpose and we cannot interfere with that. We cannot think that we know better than God. Amen. The only other um, example, not the only other, there's tons, but the one I'm going to highlight, the only other I'm going to highlight is Gideon seeking confirmation. We all know this story. If you don't read it, it's in Judges chapter six. Um, but there's a portion I'm going to just read a few verses here. Uh, Judges chapter six, uh, verses 36 through 40. Then Gideon said to God, if you, if you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel, as you promised, prove it. To me in this way, I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. And that is just what happened. When Gideon got up early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung, uh, and wrung out a whole bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, please don't be angry with me. But let me make one more request. Let me use the fleece one more time, one more test for one more test. This time, let the fleece remain dry while the ground around it is wet with dew. So that night, God did as Gideon asked. The fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. I am not encouraging anybody to do the Gideon test. <laughs> or some form of it. I am not encouraging anyone to do that, okay? I'm not encouraging. However, however, it is not, let me make sure I say this carefully because some people might be like, oh, we're not supposed to be asking for signs and all that, blah, blah, blah. It is okay to ask or seek confirmation. That is something I will say. I'm not saying that you're asking for a lightning strike, a burning bush, a wet fleece, a dry, <laughs> a dry fleece. I'm not asking, I'm not saying that's what you should be asking for. However, asking for a sort of confirmation is not bad. And the reason I say that is simply because it is. 
if you've been in God's word, you've been in his face and you, and you're surrounding yourself with those that are of wisdom and of knowledge and, and you know, without a shadow of a doubt, they read their word daily. They pray to God daily and different things like that. It is okay to say, I need a confirmation. And let me say this too. Sometimes you don't even got to ask. God will send a confirmation. He'll send a confirmation out of the blue. Somebody that may not talk to you has never talked to you. will just send something. And it's the confirmation. That happens. And it's okay. So we can't totally be like, oh, um, yeah, we, we shouldn't be asking for that. But it happens. Confirmation happens a lot. And I'm not, and here's the other caveat too. Please, just because you don't get a confirmation doesn't mean you didn't hear God speak. Have confidence in that you're not leaning on your own understanding. And you have read the word and you've fasted, you've prayed, you've meditated, and you take the time to really listen. Sometimes the voice of God I'm not going to say sometimes I actually believe it's all the time. I'm going to say what I believe. I believe it's all the time. I don't think God is super loud. I don't think he's, especially when it comes to instruction. And the reason I say that is simply because I'm not saying that he's not stern. Hear me what I say. It's not that he's not stern. I have heard God be very stern with me, but the voice of God has never been something that has come off as being or very um, intimidating, I guess, if you will. Not, you know, like it's a reverence fear, but it's so soft yet so powerful that, wait, I know that's God. That gotta be God. And then sometimes you just know it's him because you know, you know, you, you know, you know, you yourself <laughs> would not do something like that, that you've been instructed to do. Like you already like, that's God right there. Just the other day I did something. I was like, okay. And I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was God. And it might seem something real simple to some people and all that. But literally I was like, I, mm. Okay. And I didn't do it really reluctantly, but after I did, I said, especially as I was going to do it. And I, after I started doing it, I said, this gotta be God. Okay. All right. I'm, oh, I'm doing it. Oh, I'm really doing this. Oh, okay. I'm really doing this. Oh, wow. Yep. I'm doing it. And I did it. I was like, yeah, that was you. Okay. All right. Hmm. But I was obedient to that voice, to that instruction. And it was something so simple, but it was mere obedience. His voice, I have never witnessed to be just this big, <laughs> like I get, you know, Old Testament, we read about how, you know, he, you know, caused thunder to, <laughs> to come on the mountain. And that's how he, that's how the people heard his voice. And that's how they knew. And this, you know, cloud of fire and everything. Like I get it. I do. And, <laughs> In Old Testament times, you know, I just, I just think nowadays, nowadays with so much of the chaos and so much that happens in the world, his voice is very distinctive. It's very distinctive and God is not of this world. So I listen for something that oftentimes is not of this world. It would be something that the world would not tell me to do. Even when it seems like it's, charitable and it's nice and everything else. The world would not tell me to do something a certain way. And that's how I know it's God. So nurturing our belief, you know, making it stronger, making it confident. Amen. We got to now listen to overcome the doubt and to have more belief and to have our stronger faith. Yes, we have to nurture. We have to strengthen. Okay. And the practicing aspect, honestly, is more 
of getting into his word. Like I said, when we start to face a problem, get to his word. I'm not saying you're not going to have an emotional reaction. I'm not going to say you're not going to have some kind of reaction once it happens. Cause you might not have that Bible readily handy, but this is one of the reasons why too, when you read your Bible every day, you can still come up with some kind of verse, some kind of verse that you can literally meditate on or you can pray on like simple stuff. Not, and it don't have to be nothing really elaborate. Like, we know Philipp- the most common one, right? Philippians four, six through seven. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. This is something I've, I've, I've had in my brain. This is probably one of those first scriptures. I remember getting saved when I was 14. This is probably one of those first, first scriptures that was ever really told to me. And it's one of those that stuck. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he, all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And even if you don't realize that's in Philippians, <laughs> maybe you in a situation like you look, you just, you don't know where, like, you know, it's in Philippians, but you don't know where it's in Philippians. Even as you pray to God, God, your word says, don't worry about anything, but I am praying because your word says instead pray about everything. So I'm coming to you now, God, in the name of Jesus. And I'm praying I'm telling you everything that I need. I need this and this and and Lord, I just thank you for what you've already done. I thank you for at least keeping me alive, keeping me well. Maybe I thank you for having, let me have some food, have some clothes, but Lord, I still do need this. And so as you go about, those are just some simple things. You ain't got to know it's from Philippians. You ain't got to go to God. God, I'm quoting Philippians four, six through six through seven. And it says, don't, I'm, it don't have to be like that. You need to go to God just how you are. And if that's just, I know somewhere in the word it said, <laughs> it said this and this and this. Cause I remember I went to Sunday school or I remember in a Bible study, this is what this said. We have Psalm one, two, that says, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Listen, I mentioned the apps. And I was saying how, you know, you wake up with the app, wake up, go to sleep with it. However you want to do it. That abide app. The reason I encourage it so much is just because they have a sleeping, uh, meditation that literally goes through some special topics and scriptures as you fall asleep. I know, I know, I know when I was younger, as I got saved, it was kind of frowned upon to fall asleep while reading the Bible. But can I be honest with you all? That's not a sin. If you fall asleep reading your Bible, if nothing else, you've fed on some word and now you full and now you, you can bask in his presence. It's not bad. As long as you're reading and you're reading for understanding. Cause I always encourage, if you're going to read your Bible, pray before you read, ask God to give you understanding for what you're getting ready to read. And I'm telling you, it works. I used to not pray before reading my Bible, but now that I'm getting to the habit of praying before I read my Bible, it has made a huge difference, huge difference. I'm, I'm a living witness on that. And it literally, every time I read it, some kind of nugget or fuel or food or something is given to me. And I'm so grateful. And so... This is what it means meditating on it day and night throughout the day. Even if it's just the same scripture, maybe it was a morning scripture you saw day and night as you wake up and as you go throughout your day until the nighttime, like meditate on that stuff. It makes a difference. It really, really combats the enemy. The more you strengthen that belief and that faith, you shine in that armor. I believe, I believe when you read the word, yes, it's your sword, but that, but it's also helping them to sharpen and to shine that iron. just a little, that, that armor, <laughs> just a little bit more. Like it's helping to buff out some of the, some of the dents and the, and the, and the, and the scratches that you've endured with the battle. When you read his word, when you pray, when you meditate, like it's helping to buff out some of that, because guess what? That armor is going to be used again and again and again. So you need something to clean it, to buff it off. That's, you got to read the word. 
Get to know God. That's how you're going to get to know him. We got to get to know him. And that's the other aspect of overcoming doubt. If you strengthen your relationship with God, you are not going to have that much doubt. I'm not saying you won't have some, but you'll be able to capture those thoughts as the word says and encourages us to do and make them and make those negative thoughts fall subject to God and to Jesus and what they say and the promises that they make. I'm telling you, excuse me, I'm telling you, the doubt won't be as strong. Okay. Community and service. Let me say this too. That's another way to overcome doubt. What I did not too long, not too like a few days ago was a form of service that I normally don't do on a regular, regular I do, but I don't do it like that. It was, it was so impromptu. That's why I knew it was God. Like it was not something that I totally expected. It was so impromptu. Literally it was impromptu. But when we do those things, it helps us to overcome some doubt. Let me tell you. And I'm not saying that, that looking at less fortunate people or serving people or, or doing something like that, like you're supposed to have this, man, ooh, like you're supposed to have this negative judgment or you're like, ooh. However, it does put you in a perspective. It's like people that does mission trips. They will tell you in a heartbeat. They're like, yeah, my little problem, my, my problem seems a lot smaller after doing this mission trip. <laughs> and they will tell you that. They be like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. And they can be living in a studio apartment with a little, a little putt-putt car. My daddy used to call them. <laughs> that literally only gets you from point A to point B. Don't try to go to that point C because you ain't going to make it. <laughs> but seriously, like the things that you be worried about and you go do a missions trip, you be like, whoa, yeah, that's, that makes my little situation seem mighty small. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We really must seek out community. I know we've, I know we've gone through the pandemic and we're starting to get acclimated back to, um, getting accustomed to being in gatherings, um, and still be careful. Amen. <laughs> still be careful, still be mindful. Um, cause we don't want to, you know, make anybody sick and hurt them, but we definitely want to ensure that, um, we are coming together and we are serving one another and we are helping one another because you will be surprised that if you serve, it'll help build up your faith and it's going to help build up that person's faith. Like, you, you, when we come together, we have to help one another. Like it's a give and take. It's not just you pouring out, but you gonna get poured into and then they're going to pour out and then they're going to get poured into. That's why we want to do community because we want to make sure that nobody is running on empty. Amen. Like we don't want that. We don't want to continuously run on empty. And if you are a part of a ministry where you feel like you are running on empty and you feel like nobody is like noticing you or pouring into you, I would highly recommend, I'm not, I'm not encouraging church hopping. I'm encouraging you to get somewhere where you're going to get full and you're going to be fed and you're going to be filled up. Amen. And you're going to be encouraged. Okay. And so remember the word. This is the, this is one of the final things. Remember the word is really, really, really one of the most essential things to help us overcome doubt, to help us come, come through anything. Okay. So Psalms 37, Psalm 37, 17 through 18 reads, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. These are promises, yo. These are promises. Like he hears us. 
I know some people are like, God doesn't hear everybody. He hears a sincere heart. He hears a sincere heart. Like if he, and he know, let me, <laughs> y'all, especially for those that say that, um, y'all don't think God don't know how to discern people. Like we don't think he has the spiritual gift of discernment. <laughs> so, so we cannot say that somebody that's crying out to God isn't being sincere. That might be their cry, their absolute cry. And even if it's not, we have no place to judge. That's between them and God. But know that the promise says he rescues them from all their troubles. Listen to what it said. It said all, not some, not a few, not just the ones on Monday, not just the ones on Sunday, not just the ones on Christmas, not just the ones on Easter, (laughs) not just the ones on your birthday. All of their troubles. Amen. That is awesome. Who wouldn't serve a God like that? That'll rescue you out of all your troubles. Listen, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. Rescue out of all your troubles. Mm. Isaiah 41 and 10. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Don't be afraid. God is with you. You think you're in that storm, that tornado, that typhoon, that divorce, that cancer, that HIV, that, um, that stillbirth, that miscarriage, that, I mean, when I'm telling you, you lost your mother, you lost your father, you lost your favorite grandmother. I'm telling you, you're not by yourself. You in foreclosure, you on the street homeless, you're sleeping in your car. You're not by yourself. You drunk and high right now. You're not alone. Believe it or not, the alcoholic is not alone. The drug addict is not alone. They're not alone. We are all God's creation. You don't think as a parent, you still aren't going to have some level of concern or ability to be able to be like, God, watch over them. God is the same way. He knows the soul that he's put inside of that vessel. So he's like, I know they messed up. They high and they drunk right now. I love them. Mm. He looks down and he still says, I love them. Cause he's still hoping that one day when the angels come by and they encourage that person, he's hoping one day they'll listen and they'll come to him. Like I love Isaiah. If you really read Isaiah, God, I feel like God is almost crying in Isaiah. Like he wants us to come to him. He wants us to turn to him. He says he'll strengthen us. Don't be discouraged. We, he is our God. He is the almighty. He is the great I am. He is the alpha and the, he is is the omega. He is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. That means that when there was nothing, it was him. And when there won't be nothing, it's still him. And he's with us. That God. You can worship anything else you wish to in your life. But I'm going to worship the God that was there from the very beginning and it's going to be there in the end. Because he's with me. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be discouraged. I know he's going to give me strength. I know he's going to give me help. And in the end, I know I'm going to be victorious. And that's the same for you. You will be victorious.
I'm going to say this and we're going to wrap up. We have to know that the enemy strategies, we've heard it time and time again, that, you know, our battle, the battlefield is our mind. And when it's our mind, we cannot ignore his devices. So if you have to see a therapist, go. If you got to go check in to an inpatient rehabilitation facility, go. You can do it outpatient, however you need to do it, go. I understand. And take your Bible. I understand there's a lot of people, and I hate to say it, my fellow Christians, that will say, just go to God alone. But what about church people? What about community? And what about the ones God has anointed with some psychology degrees and psychiatry and, and, and mental health and, and all these different things? Because believe it or not, the enemy will play so tough in our minds with doubt and, and fears and everything else. It'll manifest into something. It'll manifest into a demonic monster. There are seeds. Of, the devil plants seeds too. And they will grow. And they grow. They're spiritual seeds. Demonic or God. And they both grow depending upon the ground, the watering, the nurturing, which one will you nurture more? And we have to remember that. I am going to pray as closing, but if you take nothing else away from this into overcoming spiritual doubt, understand the trust in him alone. God alone, don't waver. It takes practice, but the minute you start to waver, say, whoop, I'm wavering, wait a minute. And you won't always recognize it the first few times. But after those, when, you, when you're intentional about it, you'll recognize it, you'll see it. Like, oh, I'm, I'm wavering, I'm, I'm wavering, I'm wavering. Uh-uh, nope, that ain't it. But make sure you check it. Capture those thoughts like the Bible says. Capture those. Make them fall subject to God and his word. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for being so powerful and yet so loving. You want to help us. You don't want us to be afraid. You don't want us to be discouraged. You don't want us to have to lean on man or anybody else, just you. Not to say that we can't have community because you want us to have community, you want us to have family, you want us to have support from one another, absolutely. Yet all of us, even in that community and that circle of, of gatherings, and even if we're going to a counselor or we're going to the therapist or we're getting treated, we still need to always, always come to you before the therapy session, after the therapy session, before you do the small group, after you do the small group, before church, after church, we have to pray. We have to seek you because you are our guide. You are our God. And there's no reason to be discouraged and afraid and doubting and thinking for one second that you won't do the impossible. So God, I pray that for every single listener, that you give them peace at all times and in every situation. And I pray, God, I know you're gonna, I know you're already with them, 
But I'm just going to pray that Lord be with them. Be with them. There's listeners now that have doubted and they're doubting because it's something big or it's something that they know they cannot possibly do all by themselves. They probably done changed their diet. They done switched up all kinds of, uh, they done went through their budget. They done done all kinds of things <laughs> to try to make it work. But at the end of the day, God, you're with them and you're the one that's going to make it work. So God, make it work. And when it manifests in the timing that you select, all the glory is going to go to you. And that person can honestly testify, it was God that did this. And God, we need more of that. Because we keep thinking that other things are doing it. But God, you do it. We got to keep telling people it was God that did it. It was God that made it possible. So Lord, please, give us peace. Give us strength. And we just want to feel your love. And I pray people do. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, God bless. Bye.